So hey, this is Brent Leary, and I am uh, back in Pleasanton, California. And you know, when I'm in Pleasanton, California, there's only really one place I'm coming for for that. It's to yeah. visit Zoho, right? Yeah. So I'm here. It's a it's a is this the first or second developer conference that Zoho has put on? Actually, this is probably the fourth. Uh, fourth. We we have added these were smaller events. Of course, they've grown and grown and grown. Right. Now this year's developer event has filled this office now. So That's right. Last year, I guess we, we may have to. And this is the developer event. You know. That's right. <laughs> main event is in Austin now because we moved there because got too big for us here. Absolutely. So. Well, before we get too further on here, this is, I'm actually sitting here with uh, Shridhar Vinbu, who is the co-founder and CEO of Zoho. So thanks uh, for making some time. Thank you. Thank you, Brent. Okay, so I, I told you that I had to ask you about this, this saying that you came up with while we were in a little uh, meeting earlier today. And you said that the only durable capital we have is our culture. And I, it just caught my attention. I tweeted it out, people started liking it. But talk about what exactly does that mean? And yeah. Why is that so important? You know, I, I, I mentioned it in the context of how so much of what we think of as capital has now come to mean financial capital. Hmm. Like the value you place on real capital. Meaning it's in a way that we are, we are, we are confusing two things here. The value we place on capital with the capital itself. <laughs> and, and in fact, as a software engineer, this, this confusion is very real for me because you know, in, in C language, for example, you have a pointer to an object versus the object itself. Right. And you don't want to confuse the two because you're going to you know, crash the program if you confuse the two. So the pointer to a thing is not the thing itself. Mm. But though sometimes you, you, know, you can speak as though they were interchangeable, but it's not. That's a linguistic sleight of hand. It's not real, really true. Right. But in our domain now, the financial valuation we place on a capital as substitute for the capital. Mm. But you have to have a real sense of what is the capital. The underneath, what is the capital? Where does it come from? Yeah. And I have found, I mean, this is, and having built this company from zero to now 8,000, almost 8,000 employees, I can say that there is only one gift that keeps on giving the durable, most durable capital. That's the whole culture that builds these things. And the culture of, you know, wanting to excel, wanting to build new stuff and wanting to, the know-how, how do we acquire the knowledge? Because before we acquire the knowledge, there has to be wanting to acquire the knowledge. Right. Why does somebody want to do this? And those are forms of capital we don't, we cannot really place a value on it. But all value, financial value comes from it. Mm. And yet, most of the time now, we have kind of missed that whole thing, that how, the, how this process starts up, how does it arise. Mm -hmm. And instead, we are focused on the valuation. Financial valuation. So not on the, the durable value, it's exactly. the valuation. Yeah, so in that sense, I call mm -hmm. myself a real capitalist. Wow. I focus on the real capital mm -hmm. and I ignore the questions of valuation, financial valuation, because that's not interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also mentioned that, uh, you know, Zoho was a fast growing company. Yes. But you are very mindful of making sure it's not growing too, too fast. fast. Yeah. Is that because you don't want it to? to uh, impact that durable... Exactly. Oh, okay. In other words, this is a case, I mean, this is again, if you understood that real capital, then you know that you can degrade that real capital with too fast growth, mm. which is exactly like in a body, 
there is some forms of very rapid growth you know what that is it's cancer right so we don't want that right so it means that growth by itself is not some kind of a unlimited good that is growth in every form always is good it's not true there are there is some such a thing as growing too fast so i am actually always mindful of that i you know i try to keep a lid on our growth to so that we grow at a comfortable pace that we can maintain what makes us good in the first place what makes us good to our customers and our employees and i also believe that if we only if we keep our employees happy mm-hmm. can we keep our they keep our customers happy together right. so that's that's the whole cycle there and all that can happen only if you are going at a pace that is manageable a lot of times we chase growth for its own sake all forms of anything just growth is good it just and that that leads to again that's an obsessive focus on the financial valuation not on the real capital mm. and and a lot of the problems in the economy is we have degraded real capital in chasing the financial capital wow that's how i see it interesting <laughs> so let me ask you what what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about zoho from the outside yeah and uh, in it, no for a while people thought we were only a crm player that is like one of the easier businesses and then then many people thought we were mainly a primarily a small business software company we serve small business very well but our software suite is very powerful in mm-hmm. fact we run entirely on zoho which is 8000 employees with you know about 20 plus locations around the world and we are really a multinational but we don't think that way <laughs> i don't like to think that way but we are right now we have you know around the world now operations everywhere and at we all run everything on zo including this very event everything is run on zo mm. and that's so it scales up it actually there is a customer i met who has 350 million records on crm that's not a small business <laughs> so that's an example so it's a, it's that's one of the things that is not widely understood partly because you know we are not big on marketing i mean we actually focus on real again real capital building up that durable capital durable culture and and satisfied customers word of mouth those are all lot of what we do we do marketing but not as much as what is commonly practiced in the industry today and that has still allowed us to grow at a very steady very fast clip for a long period now hmm. so you said to me a couple of years ago a couple of companies that you really looked at and kind of modeled a little bit models of after there was two that we mentioned one was facebook one was amazon are they still kind of models do you still look at them yeah it's i i look at them in this way mm-hmm. i said facebook is able to handle a billion plus don't know two billion users right and if you look at the amount of money they spend on their what we would call IT operations yeah. meaning that data centers all of that it's got to be a very small number it's approximately maybe 20 30 40 50 cents mm-hmm. somewhere per daily active user mm-hmm. per month mm-hmm. which is a really good metric to focus on because they're able to do this at that scale with because they only they make maybe 10 dollars per daily active user in terms of their ad revenue Mm-hmm. this is not about their business model this is about their operational efficiency in terms of the data centers mm-hmm. and the whole infrastructure how they are able to serve all this traffic this huge load on under maybe a dollar per month yeah. per 
per active user, right? right? That's something definitely worth learning from. Okay. And I mentioned it also as how this has significant implications for cloud economics. So that's one example. Okay. And Amazon, in a similar way, I've said that, again, the AWS shows you how they've scaled this business to $40 billion from zero base, you know, what, 12 years ago. Yeah. And it's basically, it is that it is, all of this is done, they start with customers who pay them maybe zero, $10, $20, and that some of those customers started there and were paying them a million dollars a month now mm. or more. And that the fact that they started, they could start there, there was not an enterprise sales contract in the beginning, all of that, and they smoothly scale. That's just testimonied their, their you know, business acumen here. Right. That's worth learning from. Right. And we've modeled a lot of our own, for example, Zoho One, this influence of Amazon Prime there. A lot of people have compared that. Right. And we definitely see, you know, there is a similarity here. We want a predictable price. We want to provide you extreme value for the customer so that Zoho One comes, there's, there's inspiration from them, I would say. So. Talk about Zoho One a little bit because it's only been around a little over two years, but you have over 29,000 companies actually yeah, using yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, already, yeah. Yeah. So it's the fastest growing part of the business now. What, what, uh, what, what are companies coming to you for Zoho One? What are they coming to you looking for? Is it, is it the, just the sheer number of apps? Is it, you know, the inexpensive nature of it? Is it something else in between? It's all of it. It's, see, 2019, the cloud is more and more mature. Mm. Most businesses know what the cloud is, what cloud apps can do for them. In fact, they are using many of the cloud apps. Increasingly, the problem, which even the, a lot of even single product companies now acknowledge the problem. The problem is that, there's too many apps, how do we put together, how do we make all this work together? Mm. And in fact, some cloud software CEOs themselves admit, my company is using all these apps and I don't know what to do, how to solve this problem. And they are trying to, you know, patch it together. So this problem is real. We anticipated this. For 15 years we've been working on this vision that we had to bring all this together. Mm. But it does of course take a lot of R&D investment to do this. So now we finally got to it. Two years ago we launched. It's now just going up like a rocket. I mean, it's fastest growing. It's all of these. It's, it's of course, the access to all of the applications. It's the predict predictability of the pricing and the business model and the affordability. And the fact that all these apps are built on a common platform and the integrations are more and more getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And if it's some integration is not there, you ask us and we will do it. We'll turn it on for you. That's how we are doing it. And that is really, and the fact that, see, in two years, we have added five new apps to this. All the customers automatically got them. Mm -hmm. They don't have to do anything. It's, it's that level of, so you're deepening the value of the thing that they already are on, which is unheard of in the software industry. Because right. you'll typically get a you know, call from a sales guy trying to upsell you something. Mm -hmm. Here you, you know, we just tell them, hey, Here's a new product. You already have it. It's there in your account. That's something that customers love. So. Yeah. About the same time that uh, Zoho One was coming out, Zia, you got we're starting yeah. rolling Zia. How? What role has Zia played in the success of Zoho One? If, yeah, Zia is now the layer that is looking at the overall cross product, cross database, all of the perspective and bringing, extracting the 
intelligence out of it. Mm -hmm. So, and we are deepening this further and further. It started out with the whole first indexing all of that information, building the kind of a graph, connected graph of that information. And now, of course, running the neural network type of algorithms on it from uh, whether CRM or desk and all of this sentiment analysis, mm -hmm. scoring, a lot of this, all these are coming together more and more. Everything from our grammar, checking in a writer, mm. to email, spam classification, fraud detection, all this is now powered by the whole Zia Foundation now. And we are also exposing all that to the developers. Mm. Part of it is now the Zia framework is now built into Creator and Deluge or frameworks. So we are exposing this functionality to the developers. Speaking of developers, you know, one of the things that we're here today learning more about is Creator One. Maybe yes. talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So Creator One is our overarching strategy for all of the development tools. The Zo Creator product itself, but there's more. The Orchestly, Zo Flow. Orchestly is our business process orchestration yeah. engine. Flow is our integration platform for integrating uh, both Zoho apps and third-party apps. And uh, then we have the Sigma that we launched today for building the extensions on the Zoho platform. Catalyst, which is basically if you want all of these tools, plus you want your custom code, you want to bring and you want to host in our, alongside your apps, we offer you that. Mm -hmm. That is our full-fledged uh, services, microservices, containerized platform there. All these together that we are calling it is an umbrella brand Zoho, a creator one. And so it complements Zoho One. So Zoho One and Creator One. Creator One is the the shape shifting <laughs> foundation of Zoho One. Ask it allows you to shape shift Zoho One to fit your business. Mm. And you talk about shape shifting also from a cultural standpoint yeah. too. Maybe you can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So this is you know I, I this is how I put it. The technology is how to keep evolving things are changing but even as we evolve we are evolving against something that has to remain constant if you don't you're not rooted in something there's no concept of evolving into something mm -hmm. you've got to be re-rooted in something that's I so I say there are certain values are timeless like I mentioned the most durable capital is culture and that is durable and that's timeless it's because it's the human layer of things. That is where how we relate as human beings. Mm -hmm. That's not changing because of technology. I may call you on WhatsApp or whatever, but still, you know, our relationship as human beings should not be dependent on what technology we use. Right. <laughs> right. right. The nature of friendship or all of that cannot be dependent on just the technology. Right. That's a medium, right? It's a tool for us. And then the technologies and the way you use them, that is where the shape-shifting comes in and how it adapts to our particular needs and how it adapts to a business and the very uh, no, how it allows a business to differentiate itself in the marketplace what's unique about the business mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the shape shifting comes in every platform software platform unless it has that layer I call it the we call it developer but I like to call it shape shifting layer <laughs> that's our creator one then it, it cannot really flex your need it becomes brittle and we are providing that flexibility for Zoho. So as much as we provide all these apps, they can also shift it, shape shift it to fit their particular unique needs and then differentiate themselves 
and differentiate the software to the way they work. Mm. So. One last thing. You told a story about a farmer. Yes. Who is a farmer, yeah. but now is a developer. developer <laughs> Talk yeah. about that. Actually, there was a case study today he presented today. I missed so, it. Yeah. In the event. And he's a farmer. He okay. discovered Zoho Creator maybe about a year and a half ago. And uh, he has no knowledge of anything Zoho before. And he had very little knowledge of any anything at all IT later he was managing in spreadsheets before wow. and uh, once he discovered Zoho Creator we he called our support to you know get started and we supported him through his journey and now he has built uh, his farm management it's a, he's not a large farmer he has about 50 acres in Texas mm. where, you know, they generally measure farms in hundreds or thousands <laughs> of acres it's Texas right and he is now actually he has uh, built a really complete management software and the reason they need management is all of the, the regulations. Mm -hmm. So you have the food safety handling to prevent like salmonella poisoning and there's, and, and I, I didn't know this, there's a whole compliance layer on farmers. For example, there's a law called FISMA, Federal Safety or Food Safety Management Act or something, mm -hmm. FISMA, he called it. And, and complying with those requires huge amounts of data. For example, I, I only learned it today that when they do a recall on some, for example, spinach because of some contamination, whatever, they have, they require, the law now requires it to be traced to a particular farm, a particular harvest date, a particular who handled it. All of those data have to be in the farmer's database. Yeah. The federal law requires it now. <laughs> so that, you know, for to ensure food safety, right? right? And, He's tracking, he's doing all of this on the creator now on the platform. It's amazing. And then he said other farmers now are starting to adopt it. He's, he's actually becoming a kind of an IT expert <laughs> to advise them on how to manage all this. The new vertical. Yeah, new vertical. <laughs> I never thought of that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. But that's the, I guess that's the thing. Yeah. Your, your, your customers may come to you for one thing. Yeah. And then... And now he's an all Zoho user yeah. now. And everything from... Uh, so meeting to CRM, everything he's using now. But he started out with Creator to build this whole uh, entire farm administration. He system. started out as a farmer, yeah, and ended up an actually developer. Developer, that's what he said. I've become a software developer now. That is amazing. <laughs> now, one last thing too is everything that we just talked about. It's all Zoho yeah. technology. You don't run on anything else other than Zoho. We are almost entirely Zoho. We may have a, there are pieces that we. I haven't had, for example, we didn't have payroll for until recently, now we've just launched it. Right. So we may have it tactically, but usually we have developed in-house and then we use it. And then there's creator for any other custom needs. There's stuff that we have that are not useful for anybody else. It's particular to our context, the way the business runs. Those things tend to run on creator. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, I mean, the, to the extent that's, even I would not have, Imagine that 10 years ago, this company runs on Zoho entirely. They and that, that actually, that is, that's also an assurance to our customers because if there is any mm. problem, we know it first. Wow. We have 8,000 people doing QA on this every single day. <laughs> <laughs> in live production, I mean, and, and, and knowing what the wow. problem is. Yeah, so. And you've got data servers. Data servers you're using exactly. And now we have data centers all over the world. Now what? 10 data centers now. Mm. And then... And points of presence, so it's it's exploding. Yeah. Just had a Nigerian customer I met 
is saying, hey, you know, and actually we are seeing extremely rapidly rising traffic from Nigeria. Really? So we are planning to put a data center there now. That's amazing. <laughs> so what are you going to be talking about or looking towards the future, let's say the next year? Mm-hmm. What, what do you want to see happen here at Zoho from, you know, I know a year is like a short term thing, but sometimes it's easier for folks to kind of see what happens year by year. I know you don't think like that, but what are some of the things that you see are going to be important, maybe not as important now, but a year from now are going to be something that people really need to be paying attention to? Yeah. Well, I spend a lot of time on software security mm. as, uh, as the cloud becomes more and more critical to our way of life now. We live in the cloud more and more. Right. Our communications, our, all of this, the work, the way we do work, on all of the, the digital assets, mm. all these now. So we, I think a lot about security, how to strengthen the security foundations of the way we build software, and data layer, so how the common data models that we have built, that how do we, for example, ingest data faster from a variety of sources and automatically learn from the data what it wants to be. I mean, I, 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 the way I see it is the data by its very internal structure is giving you clues on what it wants to be. For mm-hmm. example, I want to be in CR or I want to be in, in accounting, I want to be in and uh, campaigns or um, things like that and that actually we can detect those things. Mm. Then the whole app layer becomes more, even more fluid. These are some of the things that we are working on. How to, how to do data better and security. These are some of the big things that I am focused on personally. Amongst other things, because yeah. you, you, I mentioned farming, but you, you're actually not just a, car, a farmer as a customer, you're actually Yeah, we have uh, farms, I mean, yeah. our customer, you know, I, I definitely have to be humbled by his, the amount of, you know, the, the farm administration system they have, actually I thought that our own farms could adopt it because we actually mm. need better systems than what we have. It's, it's funny because, you know, it's how it is, like a, a teacher won't teach their own kid a lot. In a similar <laughs> way, actually, internal IT problems don't get a lot of attention. Because we serve the customers, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we actually can learn from our customers all really cool. these things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out. I know that uh, there's a conference still going on. Yeah. But this has been great. Thanks Thank so much you. for Thank your time. You, Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs>